In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you by the now defunct Roman Empire. Welcome in to episode X of the Gospel Friends. I'm David. I'm Chase. I'm Nick. Roman numeral. Yep. We got it. Good job. X, because X makes everything cooler, according to one of our <laughs> previous episodes. Back in the Only day. if you grew up in 90s youth ministry. Hey, guys, we will never again be in the single digits. That's right. For this show. It will always be double digits. Well, and if I wasn't allowed to enumerate the early episodes we would already been a double digit so i do we'd Sorry already be we'd, be we'd be recording episode xx right now <laughs> not you... quite that far not quite that far so <laughs> episode xx david you made me happy all right we are glad you tuned into the gospel friends this week if you want to contact us on social media if you haven't already done so you can reach us on the twitter at my gospel friends on facebook we have a group where we kind of try to um, funnel discussions you can find that at facebook.com slash groups slash hall of dogma Email at thegospelfriends at gmail.com, voicemail at 205-575-9735. And this week, we will actually be integrating a new way to uh, leave us messages on the internets, and so we'll put that in the show notes for you guys to Surprise. check out as well. Another page or way to contact us. You mean, you, so you're telling me you don't want people to have a mechanism no, by which to I want to people reach to out. have 147 ways to I would like us. Look, I would like people to find a way to reach us however is most convenient for them as well. I think it's awesome. We're in it for the listeners, Dave. Hey, by the way, Chase, did you um, did you know we had a Hall of Dogma? I did. In okay. fact... Um, I haven't seen you out there in a while. I responded to our good friend Dan this week in the Hall of Dogma. Okay, cool. But most of my attention has been on the Twitter. So Do you, do you ever true. sign into yeah. Facebook at all, David? I've been I've been I've been towing the line on the Hall of Dogma because Did you go back to the Hall of Dogma when Chase took over your Twitter account? Just be quiet. Hey, Talk we about both Sean. work on the Twitter account. Hey, by the way, <laughs> speaking of uh uh, of the episode X makes everything cooler. That is the episode I remember, uh, our second episode where we went from 9 Twitter followers to 10. And, and things are, you know, things are better. Things are looking up. He, that was his way of saying back when David ran the Twitter, no, we had that's 9 not followers. No, I what I was saying. You're just very David, sensitive. I think you have some issues you need to work out about the Twitter account. I think so, too, man. Do we need to hold hands and pray together? No, you need to get your hand off me. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> For no one, just, the people who aren't actually in the room, it just got really awkward in the holodog. Hey, the Bible calls us to greet each other with a holy kiss. I was just shaking your hand, man. Dang. Speaking of holy Let's kisses. Let's have that as a topic on later shows. <laughs> hey, I want to thank Sean Lombard, but not with a holy kiss, because that would be bad. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of holy kisses. SeanLombard.com. Uh, or check out his Facebook page, uh, Sean Lombard. Just search for that on Facebook. Sean is the guy, the really cool, groovy guy that provides our opening and outro music <laughs> on the show. And I do want to say for all of you listening to us on SoundCloud From or the 1930s, Stitcher. When groovy was cool. Hey, that's a word that's on its way back. Okay, so first of all, he calls Sean Groovy, and earlier in the sermon today, he called Keith Green hippie. Did you call him a hippie? He is a hippie. Look at him. Or he was. God rest his soul. I yeah. love Keith, Keith Green. Anyway, SoundCloud, Stitcher listeners, we sure do appreciate you streaming Absolutely. the show and listening to us. Uh, we do ask you, though, it's awesome if you would go over to iTunes and subscribe to the show and even uh, give us a, a good review, not a bad review, a good review, because <laughs> um, that really helps uh, all kind of good stuff. 
And if you have a chance to uh, create logins on the other 117 oh my gosh. Uh, access points for us, that'd be cool too. We'd love to hear you on all of them. But you're not bitter because a Christian shouldn't let a bitter root grow up among the podcast and defile me. You're not, David, theology. I'm not This is bitter. what it feels like, David. I'm just Welcome. OCD. Like, I like things simple. That's, I that's all. I like things simple. One point of contact. We well, a, for David, you can email us at thegospelfriends at AOL.com, and that's the only way to get in touch with the show. I was going to ask, do we have a MySpace yet? Uh, well, we're working on it, but I was afraid you would have a meltdown on air when I told you that uh, MySpace.com slash thegospelfriends is a good way to contact us. I actually us. remember saying to someone one time that I would never go to Facebook because I, I just enjoyed MySpace that is too awesome. much. Is anybody even still on MySpace? Uh, some obscure musical bands, and that's about it. All right. Yeah, right. they have re- they, I got an email from MySpace not too long ago. It's like, your your account is still away. It's like my Christmas pictures from seven wow. years ago. I couldn't even weird. log in to mine if I had oh, to. Oh, look, right I now. don't know. I have no idea what my password right. would be. Well, what's on tap today? Yeah, because from this point on, we got to be epic. Because this right, is let's do this. X. So Big time. You guys need to bring your A game oh, wow. right now. Here we go. The A game is brought. What's on tap for today? I am introducing a new segment for episode 10 called uh, Yay or Nay. And it's going to awesome. be awesome. So more on that in a minute. I'm introducing a new segment as well called The Worst Pastor That Ever Lived. Copycat. In which we talk about stories that make us look like the worst pastor. That's kind of redundant, isn't it? Yeah, and that's but a great idea <laughs> for episode X. I was thinking self-effacement is uh, in, uh, in style today. So I'm hoping... Our false humility will make everybody fall in love with us and hail us on the social media. Oh, crud. I or make it so many hamsters like us. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, – it's a little bit of social, but it, it's – it's my conversation is going to be reading the gospel. It's going to be about um, – there's an article that we're going to re- reference about foster care, but it's going to just kind of be about child welfare and the church's um, opportunities and maybe responsibilities with it. So That sounds kind of meaty. Hopefully. Lord All willing. Right. So we have some levity on the show and some meat. Ooh, that's the second time I've heard that word today. Levity. levity. Only the first time for most but of no our levity. listeners. Uh, yeah, but, they will uh, hear the second time later. Yeah, but it's a great word though. with a with someone with an awesome accent saying yes. More on that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, well, guys, listen. Why don't we go ahead and jump right into "I am the worst pastor that ever lived," and I think David will kick hey, it to you, you because I'm pretty sure you're. Oh, it's already done. Could you get that little snippet of him talking out? I'm the worst pastor. Could you do that? Yeah, that, awesome. that'll be great for announcements that. next week. I've also got that image of you asking why you're a girl, and there's something about you, and I don't know. Great. Anywho, That's absolutely. So what we we're want. supposed to, according to show notes, share a funny or poignant ministry failure story. Yeah, and here's how it works: we'll vote on the show for who the real worst pastor is after we listen to our stories, and we'll ask you guys to vote via social media who the real worst pastor is after listening to this. So I'm pretty sure I'm the worst pastor that ever lived. But All right, here we go. You do have an interesting title to your story. Yeah, mine's called the Rat. Uh, so essentially, I had uh, there was a um, one of our church members here at the Hall of Dogma Church. Uh, I had uh, we'd asked for like a after church meeting, and that he was going to be a part of, and he just let me know that day. He said, "Hey, man, I can't uh, I can't meet because it's my wife's birthday, and we're going to uh, the circus over in this nearby town." And I was like, "Oh, okay, well, no problem, man. Hey, you know, it's your wife's birthday. Take care of it. Plus, he's a really big guy." And so, um, well, after church, you know, I just I saw him. He was standing there by his wife, has kids, and. I thought, you know, I wanted to be good Pastor David and just, you know, hope they have a good afternoon. So I was like, hey, guys, see y'all later. Enjoy the circus. 
And his wife looked at him with a absolute puzzling look and then went, we're going to the circus? And at that moment, I realized that this was actually a surprise birthday nice. moment. And, uh, and he glared at me. And he was looked at her, and he went, "Yes, surprise!" And um, and I went and, and went into a hole. I remember and, uh, that day. That was not long ago. Yeah, and buried myself. So it, since it that wasn't time, long ago. who was it? Well, we can't say on the air. Can't say real names oh, here. Can't say real names. But it, uh, you know, I've 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 coined the phrase like it's well known at the Hall of Dogma Church that if you don't want something known, do not tell Rev Verbage or Captain Crunchy. Because we're going to find a way to make it known. Unfortunately, there's some truth to that. Yeah, we're just open people, David. Just open, just wide open. Now that, and I, I have more stories like that, but in some of them, people actually said, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody this," and then I ratted them out later, not realizing it. Nice. It's yeah. a, apparently a spiritual gift. Mike, I think it could be the so. gift of exposing. So. uh Yeah, that, that can no, be taken no. two different ways. <laughs> I don't think it? that's a good. I don't think that's a maybe good thing. not. So one time I was on this podcast, and uh, I'm just kidding. Okay, so here's mine. Uh, Nick, you get your worst pastor ever story. Oh, boy. Here's mine. mine. Mine's really bad. But, but you got to understand, this happened in the early 90s. I was at a different church. I was a youth minister. It was my first uh, rotation in uh, paid ministry. You were a youth I pastor was, in the early 90s? Uh, yeah, yeah. 19, uh, 1991, as wow. it were. I was in, like, third grade. Well, I was uh, I was in college don't, don't like in, in 1991, and uh, I was working at unnamed Baptist Church, and I was in put I was put in charge of visitation, and at the time visitation was an uh, you know we don't most churches don't really do visitation anymore, but it was a big deal back then. But visitation was dead and dormant at this church. Two or three people showed up. Mostly they were uh, octogenarians and up, and they went and visited. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, eighty year olds. Okay, thank you. This is uh, a big word alert. Yeah, went sorry, off. they went oh, and visited wow. old people, and so I was put in charge of it. And visited I thought people. it would be cool to give a little Batman flavor to it. So no, you did. I did. This is this. The story gets worse. I mean, we're just at the beginning. So I Old called it black and very very bat dark gray. visitation. <laughs> bat visitation, right? Okay. So we decorated it with a Batman theme and all this kind of stuff, and so some of the youth started coming. Wait, well, what did you decorate with Batman? The visitation room okay, where we okay, met at okay. the beginning. You know, it had little <laughs> bat cards and stuff like that. So uh, not <laughs> oh enough people gosh. came. So, but, but some youth came, and and over the weeks, bat visitation devolved into barf visitation in which I somehow, some way thought it would be godly, appropriate, I don't know what, to go buy hot dogs and bread. And after we visited people, we would drive around in neighborhoods. And this is a true story. We would drive around in neighborhoods until we saw somebody walking or sitting outside or whatever, at which point we would cram our mouth full of bread and hot dogs and drink and then get out of the car and make like we were throwing up. So we did that over and over. And I got to tell you, no. it doesn't sound great. But visitation uh, pretty much quadrupled in size after So that. the youth would go to do visitation because yes. they knew afterwards you guys exactly. were going to prank people. Prank people. As, and the pranks were worse than that. That's pretty much the only one I could tell you about. I do remember hitting somebody with an egg and... Some other just terrible, how awful, long were you, embarrassing um, things. How long were you employed at this church as youth pastor? Not long, surprisingly. <laughs> really? I wasn't fired or nothing. <laughs> what do you think I actually, happened? 
I was about to identify the church, but I'm not going to say that. We stayed there for several years afterwards. I'll say that. Really? Yes. But that, to my bad. knowledge, nobody ever found out about barf visitation other than until youth now. people until now. Okay, you may really be the worst pastor ever. I think that's pretty you bad. You got to top that? So a guy in a youth group I used to help lead, Uh-oh. we had a birthday party yeah. for him. For, and for af- the guy? For the guy. And after which, he um, they had a tradition of getting birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought y'all were going much different Wait, with these. Birthday, stu- birthday spankings? Oh, you're birthday talking about spankings. the time we almost got arrested. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because um, that was pretty bad. Wow, that was a long time ago. Episode nine, I think we Eight. talked about. No. I thought it was last episode. It was. I thought y'all were going to go much different route with the stories. Um, I didn't realize there was going to be quite the degree of levity that y'all had in mind. Mine, the thoughts I had. See, I've never. You were, I've you were been, going serious. I was going very serious. And a lot of my um, ministry roles have been much more support than it has been the the main out front guy. And so, um, <laughs> my stories are weren't quite the same. But I wish I could I, think of something on you to tell. Oh, look! It shouldn't take you that long. Um, well, Chase, you win. Congratulations, Barf Visitation. Thank you. Hey, what we would like to do is um, I'd love to hear some other stories from listeners. We have a lot of oh, followers uh, that are pastors on the Twitter and things like that. We'd love to hear your I'm the worst pastor ever. Did y'all stories. make noises as you were pretending oh, to Oh, my up? gosh. Yes. T- horrible And then noises. you just left it there and ran. And just left it in a pile and got back in the car and drove off. Did I tell we this story really cool. on a Sunday one day? Please don't. Okay. We do have some Hall of Dogma Church listeners to the podcast. I, I'm just uh, hoping well, they, they won't recognize be, me by voice. They used to be Hall of Dogma <laughs> <laughs> church members, but we, not anymore. We would literally get people to run into their house in fright. It was so bad. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Nick, yes. get, get us out of here. Abort. Oh, look. Game we're, time. We're, I, I don't I, even know I, if I, I, I have being anything to vulnerable. Follow. You were being vulnerable. Look, I was much more thinking along the lines of like um, – one of the times I was a, um, the primary leader of a youth group, it was in a little bit of a state of transition in a church. And, you know, it was more of a, um, as we call it, king pastor church. And so, you know, you, you try to, you find yourself trying king a little pastors. too hard. Um, and, you know, those were my thoughts about, about it. But um, we got a, a game this week we are going to do. Can you pick the words that finish these Proverbs? And so, ah, it's like Proverbs the from the Bible or? No, just kind of, well... Wait, they're I, not proverbs from the Bible? Because no. I've got all those memorized. Ooh, uh, really? I t- I, let's do this. Let's do a competition between you and Proverbs and you and Samuel. Let's see how that goes. It's a joke. Ouch. Rev verbiage. Um, Captain it's a Rev verbiage. Captain joke. Calvin himself. Um, all right. So who wants to go first? Me. You want to go first? All right. No, let's... Chase. Okay, me. Let me know whenever you get done. I'm done. You're, you're sure? Yes. All right. Brevity is the soul of what? I don't even know what that means. Brevity? Point is that for Chase. Wait, no. Hang. I get to at least answer. Is brevity related to levity? I guess if you... Can I Google brevity? Sure. Okay. No, you can't. No. Brevity yes. is no. the soul of what? What? Oh, I'm supposed to tell you that. Yes. Brevity is the soul of ambition. And wit. Wit. If you're German. Did you know that? No. Oh, okay. Actually, I've heard that expression before. Brevity is 
brevity is not a topic that uh, Rev Verbage knows a whole lot about. You really, <laughs> you really weren't fair giving him that. Well, uh, if you no, ask, ask, if you ask, ask one of our it. other congregation members, I had a meeting with today. Neither are you. So brevity, hey. concise and exact use of words in writing or speech. Shortness of time. Yeah, it's probably not. All right, Chase, you ready? Shoot. There's many a good tune played on an old. Ooh, that's not another. That's not one I'm familiar with. There's many a good tune played on an old harp. Not your question. Sorry. That actually sounds pretty good, though. There's many a good tune played on an old. Oh, <laughs> I know what it is. I do not. Um, I googled it. I love Google. Three. Horn. Close fiddle. Fiddle. Dun, How is dun, that close dun. to horn? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it musical was, instrument, was, I guess. I guess uh, I was still thinking you, about heart. You were just being encouraging, hey, Nick, weren't you? Nick, you? Zero to zero. All right, you and I are stinking up another game. It's Surprise. All, <laughs> it's all grist to the... Grist, G-R-I-S-T, to the... It's all grist to the steak. To the max. Oh, wait, no. To the steaks. No. Mill. What does that even mean? Gosh, have, what is this? Have the, you ever heard of a grist mill? 1700s? You said... We're on Twitter and stuff. Grist mills mean nothing to us. All right, let me see if I can find a better one. Hold on. I wish Give my granddad was here right now to help me with this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance for this one. I'll tweet you four fine times. Fine words. For, uh, fine words. Butter. No. Did you say butter? <laughs> this one is just for fun. Sorry. Fine words. Butter. No. Loaves. Parsnips. Oh man, I was going parsnips. To... What's a parsnip? I actually made a soup this uh, – it's like a carrot. It's like a white carrot. See, I would know you. And they're would. very good. You made a soup out of parsnips? I made a parsnip soup this year. Not a lot of people know this, but Captain Crunchy is actually one of the best bakers um, that, that around. He he makes a pound cake that would make you want to slap your mama, as yes. we say in the South. Now, now I feel very manly. Thank I've never you. understood why something could be so good it would make you want to slap your mama. I'd like – that's a that's – a, that's an – a deep a south phrase. Strange. It's a deep south phrase. We've all heard it, but I don't understand why something I could, could be so I good. I could you finish that proverb. So good, it makes you want to slap your mama. I could finish that one. That's a point for me. Especially if your mama cooked it. Why would you want to go slap her? I don't, I've never had anything that good. Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's fine. No rest for thee. Weary. You gave him that one? Awesome. That's, that's just great. That's wrong. What? What? Wicked. Dude. Dump, dump, right. dump. You just made that up. Oh, you know what? There's actually a little bit of both, but according to the Google, no rest for the wicked is first. Dun, dun, mm. dun. No right. rest for the wicked um, or no peace to the wicked is a phrase originating from the book of Isaiah. There you go. All right, Chase, beware the Ides of March. Oh. In face. Point to Chase. <laughs> He didn't get the parsnips one, and I got mocked for that. A2 Brute. He did get the... Nice. That's a good Shakespeare reference. Well done. All right, David. Here's one for you. A watched pot never boils. Oh, there you go. What's all the right. score? What are we tied it, now? It all depends okay. on how you're adding them up. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm up by four. <laughs> look, y'all are tied. That's the thing. Okay. Tied. Yeah. How many more of these we got? Well, look. There's 30 total. We can figure it out. I'm going to call. I'm going to call in 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 keeping in view of my epic episode X. We shouldn't do all 30. Okay, good plan. First one to three. Okay. okay. So far, y'all both have one legitimate point. How about first right. person to two? 
<laughs> oh, wait, that could be you right now. Yeah. All right, B. He just guessed the one about March. No, he no, got no. boils. All right, he got, he got boils. All right, fam- familiarity breeds. I'm sorry, <laughs> you can rub glass or ashes on them. It'll make them feel better. All right, familiarity breeds contempt. That's two points for me and the win, according to. I thought we were going for said, three. You said two. <laughs> I changed it. Let's I go three. It back. First version three. All right, two to one. David Pride goes before a fall. Oh, give him an easy one. Wait, is that three? No. For me. No, that was two. Pride I was, goes before a parson. I was doing that to be more illustrative I for see. Mr. McConnell. What? Oh, oh good, good, good. He <laughs> needs to hear that proverb. All right. This is going to be more fun. Do something with Chase about arrogance and speech. Hold on. I'm working on it. In for a penny, in for a pound. Oh, wow. I didn't expect you to get that. You are correct. He wins. yeah. Which means I have the first article. And it means for the rest of the show, you're going to sit there and seethe and shake <laughs> and imagine stabbing me in the eye, David, because you are not a good loser. I hate losing. No, I hate losing to you. That's, I understand. That's the problem. I don't mind losing. I, I mind losing to you. Gosh, you're flush with anger. Are you okay? I always lose to you. No, you don't. Here, do. David, I'll give You've you the win if you can get this one. Softly, softly, catchy. I hope you can't softly, get that one. That softly, softly, sounds... catchy, lofty. Monkey. Uh, what? I have is no that idea. really an expression? According to this quiz, it is, but I'm getting I, I will to say, doubt. David, you beat me in the last uh, churchwide um, cornhole game. Cornhole. We're not talking about which that. Which we are not totally sounds about like that. a bad word, but is not. Look it up. Cornhole tournament. It was awesome. You I've did. also you beat you in before, the finals. Also beat you before an ultimate frisbee. You've never no. beat me in ultimate frisbee. No, 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 no. Is, I don't think so. Accurate. I think you made I've that up. I've never beat you in football. You've never beat me in ultimate frisbee. Okay. Well, ultimate frisbee is the better sport. I don't know. Football. Better than football? That's suspicious. Well, I'm saying that because... Speaking of better than football, my article this week has nothing to do with that, but it's an interesting one. It's by a gentleman named Josh Blunt, who blogs at theblazingcenter.com, along with our good friends uh, Barnabas Piper, Stephen Altrogi, and other guys. Um, his article... Can we do that? Can we just say our good friends and name people? I'm looking forward to heaven in which... Point, I know I'm going to be good friends with those we'll guys. We'll still be following them around in heaven. Then, no, know, man. And they'll be like, Jesus, make these people get away from us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awkward. That will be awkward if, if they do that, won't it? Here's Josh's article, Five Easy Steps to a Christian, a Shallow, Five Easy Steps to a Shallow Christian Life. And what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to read you these steps and give you a chance to play a little color commentary. This is an article. One of the I really appreciate this because, on the one hand, it says it has some really good spiritual depth and some things to think about. And on the other hand, it's totally sarcastic. So it's completely appropriate for the Gospel Friends podcast. So this is... This is Josh's five steps to a shallow Christian life. Number one, don't stop searching until you've found the secret to the Christian life. And he says it's out there. Don't give up. It might be baptism in the Holy Spirit. It might be true surrender. It might be faith. It might be prayer. It might be resting in, what's God's, in what God's already done. Well, 
You, whatever it is, you got to find it on your own. Don't let the fact that 2,000 years of Christian history has yet to produce the single final solution to the perplexities of living as a redeemed sinner in a world around, in the world around you. In other words, what he's saying is he's making a sarcastic point. I was going to say, is he being sarcastic? You know, the I whole hope he's being thing sarc- is sarcastic. Well, here's so the thing: I've heard that. people that would say stuff like that and it not be sarcastic. So I wasn't sure in which way we we're going with the guy. I think he's lampooning the people I, that say there is I one so. secret to the Christian life. I hope so. Yeah, I, I do. I, I you know, I don't know if we're doing a, like a like or lump here, but um, I think there's a you, – you talked about this morning in our uh, morning worship service with Hall of Dogma about fighting – uh, Yeah, Hall of Dogma Church. Fighting staleness. Hmm. By the way, in case people hear us say that, they've seen the pictures on Twitter of the Hall of Dogma. We don't all meet in this room. We actually have a larger <laughs> this facility. Is true. We're in kind of a – we don't have a family integrated church that our church. wives don't integrate into because the building's so small. <laughs> they get all those people in that broom closet? No, it's, it's a bigger than that. But uh, you, you were talking about this more about fighting staleness. Yes. And I think, the, I think the good thing about pushing people in a direction of keep going and seek and search is this reminder that you're not just saved and done. The Bible talks about you have been saved, you are being saved, you will be saved. It's a continual walk and a continual seeking. And we are finite people who serve an infinite God. And so I think there should always be a sense of, like you talked about this morning, a freshness, a seeking after God and new revelations of him. So I like that part of it, but I do agree with him that, you know, someone trying to label just this is the secret of, you know, for example, the brass ring, baptism of the Holy Spirit, grab that and you're done fights against that um, yeah. that idea of it always being fresh. I was going to try to, quote-unquote, Jesus juke the guy and say, well, there is one secret to the Christian life. It's called Jesus. Mm. And, <laughs> and and not be a complete total. Jesus juke. I said that. I know. I just want okay. to say it again. You just want to say it again. Cool. It's a cool word, man. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it, – Jesus is big enough to encompass all of it in, in the in, – and I, I don't want to get too far down any particular road here, but you talk about with you know, I see so many people on Facebook and there's there's times where I catch myself going, you you don't get it because you're focused on this one part of him. And I see this other friend and I go, you don't get it because you're focused on this one part of them while I'm focused on another. And I go, hold the phone because, um, you know, father to the fatherless, you know, to the widow, to the orphan. And the character and nature of God, he is capable of being what we need. And for those people who need and, – and I want to be careful here because I don't want to encourage people to go off emotional hill or, or unemotional hill, either either one. But for those people that need that emotional whatever, there is that in, in certain parts of our, our walk of faith. And, and people who need the practical, there are those. And so he is big enough to encompass it. What we have to do, though – is find that picture of him or that, uh, I don't know, I'll go with picture of him for now, in the Word, in, in, in the description of the Word, not an idea about Jesus, but what the Word says and what we see in his life and his ministry and, and, and those things. Good stuff. Charles Spurgeon would say, look to Jesus. There you go. All right, number two, five easy steps to a shallow Christian life, and we're not going to go through all these, just maybe one or two more. 
This is what uh, he says, that to be shallow in your Christian life, in your advice to yourself and other believers, use the word just regularly. Essentially say things like, just believe, just remember this, just remember this particular secret of the Christian life, just trust God. It's simple. In other words, that, that's kind of the thing. What do you guys think about that? Is that, uh, is that really and truly a recipe for shallowness in our Christian life? Or is uh, the faith simple that we just say, hey, just believe God and, and that'll make things better? I think in, in, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, you do have, you have people, I think we, we try to over, sometimes I think we do try to overcomplicate things. I'm a, I'm a deep guy in terms of, I mean, I like to go deep. I don't, I'm not saying that I've arrived in deep places, but I like to go deep on subjects. I like to be around people and talk to people who, who will take me deeper in thought. But I do think sometimes we, we overcomplicate things. Jesus talked about, you know, when the disciples were trying to shoo children or children away, and Jesus said, no, you need to come to me like they come to me. There needs to be this simplistic, childlike trust and faith about you. And I think, especially for uh, reform guys, like I you know, consider myself to be, sometimes I think we lose that simplicity in childlike faith uh, in Christ. And so um, I don't, th- I think on the other side, there's a danger in trying to make simple what is again, vastly complicated when you think about God and, and, his, and his infitude. Um, but, in, in, yeah, I'm not sure. Is that a word? Infinitude. Okay, thank you. Might be a word. Um, strike oh, more one. like that. Strike one for episode X for me. Um, last last week I had like 12 strikes. You're doing a lot better this week, though. Like a lot better You're this week. You're tearing it up. But uh, I, I, would, I would say, again, I mean, I think – I see more, at least in the circles that I run in, I see more of a danger of losing this simplistic, childlike faith Christ calls us to um, in the in the discussions, uh, the complicated discussions. And, and so I think you have to be very careful to not lose that. I understand where he's coming from. Some, some especially Christian statements and things, just like, oh, just, just have faith, brother. Well, in the midst of someone going through a very tough trial, that's not a... That's not a sufficient counsel or word uh, for someone. So I think that's where he's coming from. I do think you're you're pushing us, uh, reform folks, in, in a good direction by uh, essentially pushing us away from the idolatry of complex theology as being the solution for everything. Because sometimes yeah. there is a place for uh, the simplicity of pure devotion to Jesus, which uh, the enemy... Uh, constantly tries to uh, lead us away from, as the Bible says. What do you think, Nick? Um, this one is was interesting because I, you know, I think people use the just just have faith, just persevere, just a, a little bit as a as a cop out in some instances. But you know, we do try to formula away things in Christianity, and it and it almost goes back to his first point of that secret of the Christian life of you know, four steps to a happier marriage. And, it, you know, one of the the steps are all based in the, the Bible. But what if those aren't the four steps to happy marriage for you and your wife, for you and your wife? And um, so there's, it's that, I guess it's that balance, right? Yes, you do have to faith, have faith. Yes, you do have to trust. Yes, you do just have to follow out that plan. But you have to do there's a responsibility on on our part as well, and it does it it you know is 
I have surrounded myself with um, a lot of you people. Um, <laughs> I'm jokingly messing with my Reformed brothers here, but um, you know, one of my things I push back on you guys a lot is, well, if it works out like you guys talk about, there's not a lot of point in worrying about a lot of stuff because it's going to work out. And and you know, there, there's this constant no that you are responsible, people are responsible, and so I think this idea of just have faith can be a little bit of a cop out for people who may not want to um, do what the talks about being the body of Christ and walking things out with people, but it can also be a little bit of a response to trying to formula away things that aren't a formula that need God's intervention. And so it can, that thing to me can have some good merit and it can also be an excuse. So it's, that one's a tough one, but I don't disagree with what he's saying. By the way, does anyone for um, extra points want to guess who told Jarius in the Bible do not be afraid, just believe. Hmm. I'm going to go with Jesus. That would be Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, overhearing what was spoken, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid, just believe. Good stuff. Uh, see, I, th- I think that's, I think that a nuance is needed here. Sometimes we aren't, as believers, sufficiently nuanced in uh, balancing a gospel kind of simplicity with... Uh, uh, with the complexities of, of what it means to follow Jesus in the real world. I, I think sometimes we throw out platitudes. Uh, yes. Don't worry about that. Just trust God. And, mm-hmm. and that is Little true. Little pithy statements that we, mm-hmm. you know, Christian Exactly. But it, it, it can be shallow. Yes. And we were talking about simplicity earlier. Nick, I'm about to throw it to you for uh, the next segment. But I do want to uh, read from the verse I quoted, 2 Corinthians 11.3. Paul writes, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I don't think we pay enough attention to the strategy of the enemy that Paul kind of unfolds in that verse, that there is so many things he uses, complexities of theology uh, down to Uh, tragic events that happen in our lives down to people just giving us uh, uh, platitudes instead of real biblical counsel. Anything and everything is used so often by the enemy to lead us away from that thing that is supposed to be foundational. What you were talking about earlier, Nick, the sincere and pure devotion to Jesus. Mm. Yep. Um, So kind of this transitions well – in some regards, but my wife and I, we, um, we're, we're driving the car for a little bit and, um, we were going to pick up our kids from their, their grandparents. And we always really value those times because it gives us a time to just where <laughs> we can't do anything other than sit with one another. And, um, it always affords some good time to, to talk. Um, that's, it's hard to come by other times. And, um, she's like, you know, I've been, I've been trying to work this out lately, what our response should be. And I was, um, to, dot 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 and um she's like you know she mentioned um like the children from these um i guess there's a lot of conflict in parts of mexico and these border towns with um uh gangs and drugs and a lot of different things and um, parents are just trying to get their kids um to america for to get them to safety in in their minds and and how illegal immigration has been such a um kind of a hot button issue for a while and one of her friends um on facebook um 
had had a very political r- response to it, and it just didn't set well with my wife. And um, you know, by God's grace, we're we're foster parents, um, which we we love. Um, my wife teaches in a in a public school, and it's um it's kind of a it, it caters to a, a lower income, um, lower kind of socioeconomical economic area, and um and so stuff like that, especially with kids, just just hits her hard. And um, she kind of articulated these seasons. She said, "So what's what should our response be?" I'm like, "Well, I've got to I've got to get you some clarification from you here. Um, are, are you talking to me as your husband? What should mine and your response be? Um, do you mean the church at large, us as Christians? What should our response be, or what should our political response be? Because to me, and I told her, I said that's three different <laughs> answers. I said if it's if it's me and you, I'm like our house is full." Um, we can't put any more children in here. Lord willing, we can have a bigger house someday. Um, but then we started, and, and she kind of laughed, and, and she was getting a little bit emotional about it, and not in a bad way, but just she wants to see this problem resolved, and she thinks kids are something that shouldn't have to kind of suffer the consequences of stupid adults, basically. Sure. And and so we kind of started ping-ponging the, the political versus the faith response. And so, you know, by the way, I'm impressed with the discussions you and your wife have on tribal trips. That's pretty deep. Yeah, I, I might, might next week when Alice and I are when we road trip, we're going to talk about um, I don't know cessationism and well, no, no, look, we didn't have kids in the car. Continuation on the way home, it was no, you don't need the iPad. We're not watching them. Y'all have had food, and we will be home in forty. And so on the way home, that's what it was. Okay, but. Usually that's my wife talking to me. You just had food. <laughs> we just ate, David. Why are you talking about being hungry again? Well, my wife is amazing in many ways. Um, there you go. There's my shout out. I don't know if she'll ever make this. She's listened to two episodes. I was going to say, has she ever listened to She's listened these? to two. And she listened to the episode where I'm like, ah, she's never in here <laughs> talking about this anymore. Anyway. How about that for luck? Hi, Lisa. Yeah. yeah so welcome to my life. So I, I guess that's my question to, to you guys. And I've got an article, um, jasonjohnsonblog.com. Uh, foster care why churches can stop outsourcing child welfare and um and, and he's just got some things in here that that resonated um with kind of what has and, I, and look let me let me say this very clearly i'm not saying every person every christian couple should be foster parents i'm not saying every christian couple should a- adopt um though i would i would encourage people to pray about um kind of the the self-sacrifice you see encouraged and, and what we can do within our churches with our, com- our communities that shine the light of the gospel um, that's my my disclaimer here but what do you guys think about this this issue of um, not necessarily immigrate illegal immigration but um, children in need and the least of these and things like that well, I do think that now um, I will say of course hey, David you can go first thank you let's lay this out um, you know I I too have a um, you know, we've we've actually we're not doing foster care, uh, but we we have adopted yep. uh, in the last year, and um, you know, I, I too I am not someone who thinks, um, you know, I, I don't want to be the Holy Spirit in someone's life, and I think that's um, I want to speak biblically into people's lives, but ultimately how those verses apply to you specifically um, in. in you know, is I believe a role of the Holy Spirit for for you, and so I don't want to I want to be the Holy Spirit in someone's life. And so I wouldn't say, well, everyone needs to adopt or everyone needs to become foster parents or something like that. Now I could probably get on board 
with a statement of every Christian should wrestle with how they are going to help orphans um, or children who are orphan or in a season of being an orphan. And I think I can get on board with that because of James chapter 1, verse 27, which says religion that is pure and undefiled before God. By the way, uh, we have made religion a very bad word in our vocabulary today, mm. and the Bible actually doesn't uh, say all religion is bad. As a matter of fact, the Bible lays out there is a religion that is accepted by the Father as pure and faultless, and here it is. Take care of orphans and widows in their distress and, and keep oneself unstained from the world. So focusing in on this, taking care of orphans and widows in their, as the ESV puts their affliction or other uh, translations in their distress, it appears to be a universal command here, uh, a universal verse command for all of us to wrestle with. Now, that may not necessarily be bringing them into your home, but there are many ways, many ways to support and help um, orphans in their affliction. And I think that's something that Jesus is very clearly, through his servant James, speaking to his church. And so I, I am comfortable with the statement that all Christians should wrestle with that with that thought. Hmm. I will say this, uh, the first message I ever preached was a Matthew 25, 31 through 46, and uh, that's been, gosh, it's been a long time ago. Um, but the thing that struck me about that message and why it was the first message I'd ever preached is because I was kind of, I, I was given the opportunity to preach, I was going through the Bible like, oh my gosh, what am I going to preach on? And I came across this passage where Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, uh, and it's an end times passage. It's a judgment passage. It's a fascinating passage. I'd never heard it preached. I grew up in church, uh, some of the bigger churches around the Birmingham area, and I had never heard this kind of thing preached. But essentially, in this passage, which is going to sound liberal to some, uh, which is in fact is quite scriptural, Jesus separates those who are going to hell from those who are going to heaven based on. And this is kind of how he describes it. He says in verse 41, he says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Uh, so, you know, you, you're talking about, is this the government's job, etc. Well, this is the people of God's job. Right to take care of the orphan, to clothe the naked, to visit the the sick and those in prison. That's such a Jesus-focused thing yeah. to do. And we tend to kind of put that off on the uh, on the left wings of the church, but not at all. It's the biblical Jesus thing to do. Um, and, and I know you guys, you guys are foster parents, mm -hmm. and uh, Nick, and you guys are, uh, David, you've adopted orphans. Um, I think that is such a wonderful expression of the gospel May the Lord raise up more and more believers who will sacrifice and, and do that sort of thing because I think it just totally points to Jesus. Yeah, and I will say that, you know, even, you know, look here, we we spent a year going through that process, and it cost money that we did not have. <laughs> sure. Um, which at the end, I will say God provided every dime. We, we um, you know, put in money that we did have, uh, but then the money that we didn't have, God provided. And there were people here— uh, there were people here at this at our church and our fellowship who sacrificed themselves and time and money, 
and to to make that happen. And they they were just I've said that to the people here. They were just as much a part of bringing um, this little boy home to us as you know as us going to 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 get him. And you know they played a very significant role. And um and I it has been one of the best gospel ventures we have been on. Um, and, but I, I think this is not again. I think this is a passage. This is a the one that you're giving is is um, points to this as well. This is something for every one of us to wrestle with. How are we being obedient to this passage in our lives? So these passages that that you're talking about from Matthew. How are we doing that? And I think it's important. I think it's something that we should wrestle with. Yeah. Hey, look. Amen. Um, you know what. <laughs> I love social media because you get these just great, you know, empowered rallying cry statements with no context and no um, <laughs> idea of how to do them. But, um, you know, back when uh, Obamacare was getting close to um, getting getting passed and, and different things like that, I you know, I heard a lot of – For our international listeners, that would be – Oh, I'm uh, sorry, yes. Healthcare um, reform here. Yeah, the, the healthcare reform – but you know you had depending on the issue Jesus Jesus was a democrat or Jesus was a republican and um I had a buddy of mine at work one day he's like so where do you fall on on the political thing I went it doesn't work that way he went what do you what do you mean and um I said ask me an issue I said ask me an issue and and you tell me what I am and and so he asked me um about abortion my answer was life is sacred it's created by god and there are some things with, you know, people ask about, well, what about this with abortion that I don't have an answer to, but that abortion, I can't, I can't go with you there. So what about food stamps opened up to acts three where they had everything in common. And if anyone had a need, they went to the store, you know? And, and so to me, the, the issue, some of these issues aren't issues if the church is doing their job. Yeah. I- and and if Christians are doing their job, and so it's just a tough, it's a tough deal. I think we get too focused on the political. It's, yes, it's, abso- uh, it's, absolutely, it's, uh, absolutely. You, know, you 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 know, I think the Bible separates the church and state pretty well. I think it does and too. you know, there are certain you know, I think the Bible lays that out in Romans thirteen, obey the laws of sure the land. Um, you know, submit to the governing authorities. Uh, as long and and you know a full picture of that in the New Testament shows do that as long as those governing authorities are not asking you to go against the word of God mm-hmm. and if, if it comes to the word of God or the governing authorities you go with God but I, th- I think we get too focused on that I, I think you know we 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 look I you know what what should immigration is a big question mark in in the United States right now, and, and illegal immigration. What should be done about that? And, and look, those are questions. I think Christians can have opinions on those. Mm-hmm. We can we can talk about those, and 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 we can vote accordingly what we believe. Right. But we're going to be held accountable one day mm-hmm. to these verses. This is this is what we're going to give an account for, not where we fell on that political issue in that year in mm-hmm. in our government. We're going to. We're going to give an account for how we obeyed the Word of Christ and what He what He asked us to do, and um, and I, I think I think that's I think that's what we need to remember. I want to Chase. You got something else? I, I do want to point out something from this Jason Johnson blog before we get off this topic. Do you have anything else? Nope. Okay, he he gives jasonjohnsonblog.com dot com, and uh, he didn't ask me, but that's okay. Uh, he makes a. Um, 
he makes a very good. Yeah, you can come off of me. Uh, come after me. Uh, he makes a gar- very good. Uh, po- basically, his his whole thing in the blog here is that um, it, it was never the father's intent for governments to be the solution to problems. That, that the was my statement. Solve. Well, go ahead. No, the, you, no, you're Expound you're on say, that. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good with the words. Well, no, you're I'm the verbiage. Guy. No, no, no. I'm I'm honestly just saying that's kind of his over overview of this article. So. When when you talk about being accountable, when you talk about these things, you know, we we are blessed in America for for those of us who live here that we as believers can can use whatever metric we want to vote on laws, but that should not be our solution. That should not be our first go to. We we as the body of Christ are the hands and feet. Of, of Jesus and and we need to we need to take that very seriously because what David said we will be held into account and if and if we get if we're standing before Jesus and, and thank God grace covers um, a lot of things and, and but you know going well you know Obamacare is supposed to take care of that um <laughs> yeah. I don't know that's going to be a good enough answer. And so yeah. that's that's my fear. That's 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 the thing that urges me on and keeps these conversations alive in our – And he gives in this article, he gives – we'll have them on the show notes, but he gives six um, – he gives six um, statements here, six ways the church can serve, support, and stand alongside the work of the state in ways that offer real help and real hope. I want to point out two real quick. One I kind of agree with him on – one I agree with him on one that I would – kind of a nuanced disagreement that one is he says number two expect your church to support you while i you know, understand what he's saying there i would say work to help your church have the type of dna and environment where you are supporting these ministries i've seen too many people leave a church because they get very fired up about a ministry or something that should be happening they don't think that church is as fired up about it and they just leave over it um, sometimes you need you need to stay where you are stay where god has planted you and help Invest and help uh, create and uh, cultivate an environment that is passionate about that ministry. So rather than run out the doors because you don't feel like the church is supporting your passion for orphans or for foster care, stay there, stick it out, and work to invest and work to create that that culture. The other one he says to Christians is expand your parameters. Um, He says there is – a lot of uh, often abundance of licensed homes in in counties, yet still a number of kids waiting to be placed in care. And the reason is most licensed homes um, have a very narrow parameter: infant, girl, white, no medical conditions. Yeah. And so basically, he's just saying, look, expand your parameters. Yeah. Don't don't just be like, well, I want to help the orphan, but it needs to be this age orphan, no medical conditions, this race, um, all people created in the image of God, help all orphans, help all of those people. Don't expand those parameters to the best that you can. I do understand maybe some families would say, well, we just don't feel like we have the capability to support um, a, a very, very special needs child. And, right. I, and, and you know, again, I want to be the Holy Spirit to you, but, but ensure that the parameters that you are putting on who you're willing to adopt or foster is not kind of a fleshly parameter. I will say, and let me, not to belabor this point unnecessarily, I will say this. If, if this is just a practical thing, if you go, well, you know, we could, I would love to help out when I can, but we can't do it all the time. Um, at least here, we have something called respite care. Yep. And um, me and my wife are able to benefit. We, we can't take our foster daughter out of state. Um, some foster children with, with permission, you can take them out of state. Ours is a infant. Um, she couldn't leave the state. 
we had a family vacation planned. And so we had a family that watched her for three or four days uh, while we were gone. And they were invaluable to us. Um, it was, you know, a weekend for them. Um, and, and it's not an all-the-time commitment. And so consider even even that. Um, and so that's my, that's my plug. Many ways to help if you Absolutely. can. I guess I get to go... Um so apparently, I do want to share something. with We you lost guys. Chase. He got hungry. <laughs> apparently, we lost Captain Crunchy. Hey, look, we've been going for an hour. Who, by the way, is living up to his name right now? Are you eating on the show? <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, Sorry. Okay, if I knew I could eat, I would be less cranky most of the time. <laughs> so I asked Chase this week. I pointed out to him that um, that one of his superpowers is being able to pronounce large <laughs> theological words while he eats cereal. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Some some well, of those. Not very much. It's tough even without word. the cereal. <laughs> Well, that's true. He he's and uh, so Captain Crunchy actually has a devout love for cereal. And one of the things that I've noticed over the years mm. is he finds the most obscure cereal out there. And so I thought, from time to time, you should bring like an obscure cereal of the week. And by the sounds in my ear right now, apparently you have done that. Well, I don't want to devi- uh, deviate too much from our stated gospel purpose, but uh, I do want to share a little bit of cereal wisdom with you guys. Here's the thing. Cereal uh, wisdom. Yeah, that's right. I have uh, been into cereal for all my life. Um, and for all my life, I have turned my nose up to generic cereal, cheap cereal. I mean, I'm in for the General Mills, the Quaker, the Kellogg's. So to be clear, we're talking about the cereal on the bottom. Yes. On the I, bottom. Um, that, that's right. In the cereal aisle, in the bags. In the bags. <laughs> or maybe I, ones that aren't at your normal grocery. I, I got a wild hair this week. I got a wild Sounds hair, like a personal problem. and I grabbed a bag, a bag of cereal. <laughs> a needle and tweezers will take care of that. I grabbed a bag of cereal, and I brought a little bit to share with you guys. And again, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this is Malto Meal. It's a two-pound bag of Berry Colossal Crunch with marshmallows. What is Malto Meal? Uh, it's a brand of El Cheapo cereal that you can find <laughs> at uh, Walmart and other... Uh, not so fine food distributors. Looks like um, I think a Captain Crunch. It, it, here's the thing: this is Captain Crunch with marshmallows. Uh, so it's going to rot your teeth. If you're a dentist and you're listening, you're not going to you're not going to enjoy this. If you're a, a nutritionist, you're you're cringing a little bit right now. But I got to tell you guys: put a little milk on this stuff. It's amazing. And this is good right now. I'm, and it's I'm enjoying it. Incredibly. Frighteningly cheap. Sound shout out to Emmanuel Marsh who um, doesn't like the cereal segments. We love you, Emmanuel. Yes. Sorry, man. But but here's here's why this makes a difference for world hunger. This bag of cereal <laughs> over two, over two pounds of cereal. It was like four seventy five or four eighty five or something ridiculous like that. Cost per ounce is amazing, and it really is. Tasty as all get okay, out. It really is good. It tastes like Captain Crunch Crunch Berries with marshmallows yes. in it. Hey, how long does it take you to go through a four-pound bag of cereal? Well, let's see. I bought this less on than a, a uh, on a on a you know this really is where good. you're not low carb. Oh my god! Oh, now, it. Yeah, when I'm not low carbing it, I can. Uh, my family. Uh, this is a true story. Got five kids. Our family goes through because all of us eat cereal. Our family goes through over seven gallons of milk a week. Look, I have been. Are you serious? No, seriously, I've been it's with. Uh, oh my! Scary. I have actually followed, seen Chase leaving Publix, and the milk truck just is behind him, <laughs> heading to heading to. He's his got house. his flashers on. All right, ha- there's almost nothing left in this four pound bag of cereal. When did you buy this? Uh, less than a week ago. <laughs> It's actually a two-pound. Apparently, bag of he's cereal, not low-carbing it. 
No, no, I'm not. So right Chase now. low I go carbs back it on tomorrow. He he low carbs it for about ten days. Yeah, and then he eat, then he takes three days off where he binges on cereal, <laughs> and then he has to low carb it, again. and then he low carbs carb it again. That's what addiction does to you, folks. It's just not good. But it works for you. Well, it, you know, it can work, but it's still probably not good. I mean, you've lost weight this year. I have. Are you down to about three twenty five? Yeah, three three fifty. Okay. That is a lie. I weigh about two nineteen. Thank you very much. Do you really weigh two nineteen? About yeah. That's hey, the last time I checked. I you was have two nineteen. Yeah, food in your mouth, man. But I do appreciate. Ah, I do appreciate. We the just insult, lost. David. We just lost eight listeners. Yes. All right. Um, I'll edit that out. Can too. I? <laughs> you will not. Let, let's Look, bring us back on track. One thing that happens in every one of these shows is Nick says, "I'll edit that out," and every. <laughs> but I'm listening to it on the podcast, so like <laughs> he didn't edit it. But what did I edit, David? I don't know. Probably segments where I was talking. It's like, my whole segment's gone, but he left that part in. <laughs> That's curious, Speaking isn't it? of my segments. The curious case of David's segment. Speaking of, uh, speaking. Nay. Speaking. Speaking of your segment that nobody will ever hear, but will humor you anyway. Yay or nay. Yay or nay. New segment, nay. guys. So here we go. Here's how this my is going to work. Always, David is always nay. I have five questions I brought for you. They are um, of... As you will see in just a minute, they are of uh, varying degrees of, um, I don't know, relevance. or They really have nothing to do with each other. We're going to kind of, we're just going to hop back and forth. I'm just going to give you a question, and uh, you will have, uh, you're going to say yay or nay to the question and 30 seconds to explain yourself. Hard-timed. Okay. And, and I'm going to join in, too. So essentially, we'll each have 30 minutes. 30 minutes. <laughs> you Sorry, wish. Reverend Verbage. The, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> The little Davids right now in my head are trying to kill the one David that had this idea of us being of us being short. Okay. Boy, the psychologists and the nutritionists and the dentists are going to have a field day with this, okay. this show. 30 seconds. I don't know that anybody else has a point of reference on the little, little Davids. Davids. Little Davids. Um, all right, so here we go. We got yay or nay to the question. Oh Chase, I'm going to start with you with the first one. All right. Yay or nay, 30 seconds to explain yourself, hard-timed. And then so uh, I, I like say yes or no or, or yay or nay, yeah. and then I say why right for thirty yeah, don't, seconds. Don't make fun of the. I'm yay just or nay. making sure I know what I'm doing. Yay or nay? It's, I'm trying to be you know like early American frontier. I see constitutionalist or something. Didn't they okay. say yay or nay? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Number one: using social media to post church-related comments during a church service. Yay or nay? All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say overall nay, and here's why: it is it is there. There's a time that that you can do that for the good, but generally speaking, it sucks you in, it robs you of attention, and really, it has the propensity to take your focus off of first and second commandment activities. It's like taking pictures of fireworks. It's a waste of time, and you shift out of the moment. Very good. You did that in 25 seconds. Nice. Nick. What was the question? <laughs> the question is, using social media to post church-related comments during a church service, yay or nay? I'm sorry. I was looking at something on Facebook. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Um, nice. I, 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 I will have I'm, – I'm, I like Chase's fireworks. I will have to say nay. I understood why people did it um, when, when social media was more popular. Um but over time, I just I don't think it adds the value that we were hoping, and I think it is more of a distraction to you and the people around you who are likely on your social networks and getting pinged every forty five seconds and distracted. 
Good point. I would uh, I tend to agree with you guys. I do understand, especially being a Twitter guy. You hear a quote, you want to well, get it out there. Until Chase stole it. Well, that's true. Well, I still am on Twitter, but uh, I, 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 hearing something, wanting to get it out there. But I, I kind of go with. Um, uh, more John Piper on this, which is write it down, concentrate on the message. John Piper even says you should go to bed on Saturday night in, in a way that you could get good rest for the next day, be able to pay attention during the sermon, service and the sermon for the Word of God, and then post your comments He's later. He's such a Bible nerd. That's so. good. All right, that was 74 seconds for you. No, I timed it. It was right at 30. Here we go. Question <laughs> number two. It. I'm going to go to Nick first on this one. Can I ask a follow-up question? You, what? I don't know. That's not in my notes. Good. Um, do y'all ever get – y'all preach more than you than you take notes now, but when you take sermon notes, do you ever get lost writing your notes in the sermon? Wait, what? writing my oh, – so like, I'm you listening start, to something and – Yeah, so whenever you start talking yeah. about something, I start disagreeing with you and I write my rebuttal to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I do want to give you a shout-out because you've grown. Because in the old days when you when I would start <laughs> preaching and you disagree with me, you would go wash dishes in the kitchen. <laughs> That is actually in the a fellowship true story. hall. So now you're actually Do we have sitting, to talk about this. So right now here? you're actually sitting and listening. Actually, quite transparently true. That's oh, happened more jeepers. than one occasion. Nick, question number two to you: uh, Yay or nay? Uh, requiring a seminary degree to be on a church staff. I look. Yay or um, nay? Hashtag sarcasm. I think you do. I think unless you go through 15 years of school and saddle yourself with $300,000 worth of debt for the best seminaries, there is no way you're qualified to, to, to preach the gospel. I mean, look, you've got a tax collector, you've got a, a fisherman, um, you've got, you know, well, Paul's a Pharisee. Um, no, it's it's asinine to say that, and it's just, it, it's utterly unbiblical. Is asinine a bad word? I'm not I sure. Don't know, don't we did say a little nuke right there, a little nuke. Because I have seen so many of sorry, my friends. I don't give a darn. I've seen so many of my friends who are some of the most biblically, just looking at them, talking to them, watching them live their lives. They're some of those biblically qualified men to preach, but they don't get they don't get a chance because they didn't go to a school. And well, the you say that who, because you didn't go to a school. I, but I, I'm t- <laughs> totally just kidding, dude, dude. But I'm not don't honestly anger him. I, I, oh, yeah, I've, sorry. I've talked. I've I've really thought and prayed about this. I see myself more as a support guy. I'm talking about people like David, and I have another friend, oddly named David, who um, to me are some of the most biblically qualified guys. But they don't get a chance because they they didn't go or are in seminary. But the guys who are in seminary can't actually preach their way out of a paper bag. Anyway. Uh, Chase, uh, Nick just used your 30 seconds. Up. I'm sorry. Right, I'm going to take an extra 90. All right, here we go. Okay, 30 I, seconds. I've got a couple of seminary degrees, nothing too big or fancy. I will say that um, I, I like seminary. I actually She's work at a seminary. There's a lot of good things there. Uh, it, they've gotten a bad name, but at the same time, you're absolutely right, Nick. Uh, Jesus didn't have yeah. uh, scholars. It's not about being a scholar. It's about being a minister of the gospel, and sometimes those come out of seminaries, sometimes those come out of uh, sanitation departments or, or garbage men or whatever. It's well, about the word. And I, I agree with – I think that's – again, I, I have been to seminary. I, um, I have not finished seminary primarily because of some life circumstances. I enjoyed it. Um, you call it, that scandal a life circumstance? That's an interesting spin. No, it was sen- essentially <laughs> I was pastoring, working full time, and had a family, and I had to give something up, and I that was and what I felt like God told me to give up. Racing, um, but uh, like I think I have heard other people say, my problem 
is that some churches put such a requirement on their staff positions that not even Jesus would have qualified for them. And <laughs> sure. I think you have to be careful. Okay, I went over five seconds there. Chase, to you, question number three, yay or nay, Mark Driscoll. Oh. That's a that's a good question. Um, I've heard, I've read so much negative here about Mark Driscoll lately. Uh, I will say this much: I've listened to Mark Driscoll for years and for hours. What I hear from him points to the gospel and points to Jesus. I've never been in his church. Uh, I've seen a lot of mean spirited criticisms aimed his way that may or may not be true. But based on his words and his preaching. He seems to be a man of God and a man of the word, and I appreciate him. Nick, to you. I'll actually go with Ye, um, understanding that he's made mistakes. Um, and I don't think he just got caught and apologized. I think through maturity, I think through listening to the counsel of other men. Look, he started a church out of his house in an area that was completely unchurched, and they didn't know what Christianity looked like. And he went in there unashamed, and I think you had to be hard-nosed to, to make it there, and he tried. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I've heard a lot of his critics, uh, you know, this is kind of coming up this week because, um, you know, there's some new revelation of, of things that he posted online years ago. I will say he's been pretty upfront about the fact that he thinks that the way he pastored and the way he taught in his early years um, was not the best way, mm-hmm. and um, he's... You know, look, has he a perfect guy? No. I don't even know him enough to know would, would that be where I would take my family, you know, and put under his care. Right. But uh, like Chase, he's he's been Christ-centered in everything that I have heard, and so I'm, I'm a yay on him um, with the nuance of his repentance. All right, I got a couple more. I do want to say in the middle of this, um, my hope with this yay or nay segment is if you hear something as listeners that you say, okay, but – Think about this. I want you guys to go deeper on this topic. The idea is, but they're going to get more than thirty seconds. Then no, no, no. You come back, and we'll actually do another. Absolutely. You know, we'll actually expound on this on another episode. So if you hear something and you go, "I'd like to talk," I'd like to hear you guys talk more about that one. Then we'll we'll add to it. Um, let's do uh, let's do um, um, one more here. Uh, I'll skip the number four that I had, and we'll we'll do it another day because um, this is one that we got some feedback off of the Twitter on and uh, mm-hmm. I think we're at to, my gospel friends I think we're going to be to Nick first I'm going to read some of the anti-chase uh, bigot I'm going to read some of these um, some wow. of the some of the feedback in just a moment here we go angry. Nick two church services one traditional and one contemporary yay or nay nay you want to expound there brevity man um nay okay There's no, look there's no good reason other than preference and Okay. Anyway, so just preferential. That's Americanized church, and it's just not nay. Chase? Well, I'm going to go mostly nay. I, I can't I, I can't be dogmatic here because I can actually imagine uh, a situation or two where, based on building size, et cetera, where that might be something to think about. But I would say Did generally you not speaking, contemporary traditional? Pausing for a moment. Yep, sorry. Yes, the question was not based on need. I'm not asking about... Okay. You know, is then it okay to have two name. services? Okay, I'm asking about churches that just choose to let's do a contemporary service, a traditional service on Sunday morning. I'm, I'm just saying, Resume. I'm not going to blanket condemn every church that's doing that. I think, though, generally speaking, that's not gonna, that that's going to separate the body, the fellowship, in a way that's probably 
probably ultimately not healthy and based on music preference, which that's a little, I'm a little squirrely with that. Okay. I'm not crazy about that. All right, I'm going to give a timeout for a second, and let me ask you guys a question before I give an answer. Um, I, l- let me say right off the bat, I do not think that we any of us would condemn a church that's doing that and say, oh, look, that's absolutely a sinful way to do church. No. Uh, we're talking here about maybe best best practice. What yes. do you say to those who say, well, it's an outreach tool? It, it's We, we want to reach the newer, um, younger contingent in our community that like the contemporary praise and worship style, but we also want to have something there for the older um, congregants or even people who aren't older but just enjoy that more traditional style and that it's used like it's an evangelism technique. We are inviting people here um, to a service that, that will resonate with them. Well, the easy thing to say is that worship isn't about preference. But I will say, you know, there's a sense in which, uh, look, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to end up going to a church that's 100% hymns from 100 years ago, even though I, I have a total great appreciation for the great hymns of the faith. Um, I, again, though, if you have all brand new kind of cutting edge music, there's going to be a sense in which your worship is shallow. If you have all ancient hymns that are deeply steeped in doctrine, honestly, and, and I hope people can hear this in the right heart, there's going to be a sense in which the worship might be a little cold and emotionless. Uh, the purpose of worship is not theology. The purpose of worship is worship. Um I'm probably going to hear a lot of feedback on, on, on that one, but yeah. suffice to say, I think there's room. And, and even today at the hall, the hall of Dogma Church at Agape, we sang a Southern Gospel song, which is totally out of my realm, and we sang some newer, very biblical praise and worship songs, and we had 80-year-olds and 20-year-olds in there. In fairness, one of the 80-year-olds did call you out on something in the middle of the service, but that's... Neither here nor there. Well, she I think didn't that have was, email. I think and, that was because he was saying. Yeah. I think look, he said, "Well, look, we have this great new thing we're going to do this week. I'm going to send an email. If you don't have email, we don't know how to help you." Well, I'm sorry, I don't know how to help you. You know what? I didn't think that statement through when I made it. So, uh, in alas, fair, look, in fairness, live and learn, right? In fairness to Chase, he was. He was trying to just articulate something. He was thinking it, it, he out loud. He was thinking out, he was loud. Thinking out loud, dangerous which is always to dangerous. Do. You don't think out loud. Hey, the good news is, though, my wife has volunteered to take it back to that certain email list church member. Look, if we had a nickel for every her. time our wives had, had bailed, bailed, bailed us, us out, out, we would have an awful lot of nickels. Let me give my 30-second uh, rendition here, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll ask you that if you would like to— I used my follow-up on the earlier segment. No, would you like to do a follow-up here? Go ahead. I'm more messing with you. Okay. Um, oh, a kinder, gentler David. Wow. And Nuke it, has calmed down, too. Finally. It God bless us, everyone. I had a task I had to handle, and it, it helped focus me. I um, I would say that if you have a uh, – you have feedback to this. Maybe this is something that um, you, know, you, you have a strong opinion on. Please send that in, and, and we may um, discuss it more at a later time. Here, here's my 30-second spill. It's this. The reason that I am – hesitant and I you know don't think it's the best idea is because I think it typically divides the church into an older and younger generation 
typically is what I see. And the Bible points us toward the older generation teaching the new, younger generation. And when you separate by age, that's not possible. So I would look at a church that's doing that Good and call. just say, make sure, ensure that if you are going to separate by this demographic on a Sunday morning or do something that could potentially separate that demographic, then please, how are you bringing them together for service and for worship? I'm over my 30 seconds, but that that that's my fear of it. I want to give some Twitter feedback. Because, um, yeah, we tweeted this out this week, or you did, David, um, and, and we got a ton of responses, which is really kind of cool. Yeah, so I got these in the show notes, guys, at the bottom. If you see some that jump out at you, I'm going to read a couple, and if you see some, um, uh, then please, uh, please jump in. By the way, Caretaker Man from... Australia. He said, uh, I'm not a fan, but as long as there's enough time between the two for me to do my thing without crying in pain, so be it. And then he came back and said, seriously, though, uh, (laughs) to aim worship at congregants is abhorrent in the extreme. So he kind of took that position that uh, we're not supposed to be worried about um, the, the, the worship is not aimed at the uh, congregants, it's aimed at God. So be thinking more of that based on in other words, the the goal is not let's please the people in the seats and yeah. what they would like. Mm-hmm. Now, some people would counter and say, well, but you all listen to what leads you into worship, um, what resonates with you. Uh, that would be the what I could hear someone saying as a, as a flip to that. Um, Killer Tortilla writes, generally, no, feels like two different churches in the same building. Focus on ensuring music is doctrinally sound. You know what? I totally agree with the first part of that. I think it is two different churches in the same building, and I'm a little squirrely with that. I agree with you, KT. I will say, uh, just to push back on our Reformed brethren, of which I number myself, I, and this is a totally a discussion maybe for another episode, is the primary f- Un, uh, is the primary important thing to think about in worship music is that it is doctrinally sound. It must hmm. be doctrinally sound, but it also must be focused on glorifying God, too. Good point. That might be a good discussion another time. Marusha at Marusha76 said, I'm against it because church isn't about preference, but to serve God in pleasing and acceptable ways together. Uh, which is somewhat what I'm I'm kind of getting at is my concern in doing it. Uh, I also saw this from Chris Land at J. Chris Land. This does not show unity in a church, so I am not for it. And also heard that from Stephen Brown at Country Boy 7477. I spoke at a church that did this. It seems to separate the elders and youth. Bad idea in my view, but it was working for them. So some of the some of the people were kind of picking up on uh, on one of those concerns that I had. Mm-hmm. Well, at Tim Keller NYC says, hey, guys, good to hear from you. I think that while there is occasionally a use for this kind of thing, it is less desirable than most services. I blocked him. He was tweeting us so often. It was just, I mean, it was all that was in the feed. I don't know who that is, but I I blocked him. He's some pastor in New York or something. I don't know. (laughs) I will, uh, I will actually read a real tweet uh, from Revelation. Eddie Green. Uh, he quotes Matthew thirteen fifty two, and he says, Ideally together, uh, obvi- and he says, a Catholic, he says, Obviously high mass with a worship band is my tradition. Well, Father Eddie Green, high mass with a worship band? That sounds awfully interesting to me. I'd have I would to, like to hear check that. that out. Did you go read the verse he, tweet- he, tw- he put there? I did, and very interesting verse, Matthew thirteen fifty two. I don't know the context, uh, but uh, oh, it's G- in the Bible. 
Yes. If you read Matthew 13, it'd probably help you with that. Jesus spoke and said, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. That's actually a very interesting reference to use in context uh, of this uh, of this discussion. We're gonna have to get to know uh, old Father Eddie, uh, not old, uh, younger, so, medium Father so, <laughs> Eddie Green, a little bit more. Seems to sound like a just, fascinating fellow. Just to peel back the curtain of the Hall of Dogma Church a little bit, what you have is you have two of our elders here on the podcast, and um, the primary two that teach, and so. Um, I can see their next elder meeting have a whole different conversation. Thanks to y'all's feedback, and I actually welcome that. Um, just you know, kind of peel back the curtain because I, I think that's the way the body of Christ should work. I, I you know, I think us encouraging one another and um, also pushing one another onward yeah. in godliness is is the, the reason we're together. So, Father Eddie Green, uh, Anglo Catholic charismatic um, from Watford, UK. Shout awesome. out to you, Father Green. Yes. Thanks for yes. listening. Well, I hope he is listening. He at least was answering the, the Twitter. Uh, thank hey, ask you him for, if he likes Doctor Who, Chase. <laughs> Bet he does. <laughs> thank you for all the feedback, guys. We're going to get to actually a little bit more listener feedback right now, but if you have some more input on that discussion there about uh, two, um, two styles or two services, contemporary and traditional, a lot of church, please send that in. Here's some listener feedback for the week. Uh, some shout-out to some new uh, listeners. Elijah T, at Elijah T on Twitter. Says uh, he actually tweeted out once I catch up on all the My Gospel Friends podcast, maybe I'll give some timely feedback and win a box of honeycomb. Nice. And we have yet to send out our promised box of honeycomb to I, that wombat fellow. I had the cereal. Y'all never gave me his address. You and ate my it. family ate it. Yeah. We've had some dispute over that whole address issue. I think you did get it, but. At Never I mind. Am Super Dad called me David McTongue Twist after listening to yes. last week's episode. And at a non-church member says, guys, I love the podcast. I feel like I'm listening to myself talk to me. If that makes any sense, it's a good thing. I kind of get where he's coming from on that. Uh, you know, it kind of resonates when you when you think about, uh, when you, think about uh, you know, Hey, that's how I think. That's that's what I would say on that comment. Yeah, that's actually a, a big uh, a big encouragement. John Lorbacher from North Carolina says, "I greatly appreciate what you guys are doing. Sure makes the workday go by quicker." Well, that's what we're all about. We want to want to help. No, yeah, we do. I mean, things get boring. I'm glad that somebody's listening to us while they work. And we have feedback from at Baptist Fixer Caretaker Man. Uh, he gave us an iTunes review this week. Our first Australian. Review. Yes, I actually had to change the little bubble on iTunes to be able to go read it. <laughs> but not only that, not only that, Caretaker Man has called into us and left a voicemail. Yes. And so we get to listen to that right now. Now. G'day, gentlemen. It's Dan, the caretaker here, just ringing to say hi. Um, and yeah, to give you uh, greetings from Australia. And uh, I can assure you that my um, bill for the $1,000 that you've promised me for my accent will be in the mail shortly. Also, thanks a lot for what you guys do. Um, you offer a great service to the body of Christ by um, bringing the message of the gospel and, uh, and some theology and uh, balancing that with a bit of levity and some uh, general knowledge when it comes to American cereals and uh, drinks that I've never heard of. <laughs> so for that, thank you. Also, thanks a lot for the support you've given me via Facebook for my interaction with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I'd just like to encourage anyone, um, when these guys do knock on your door, See it like Matthew 28 being home delivered. Um, it's tough. These guys 
uh, well, well rehearsed. But yeah, um, be prepared. Uh, read your Bible. Look into what they believe. Compare it with the truth of the gospel. And yeah, go forth and uh, yeah, share the truth with these fellas that are so burdened down with works righteousness. Um, okay, looks like my 90 seconds is not nearly up and I don't want the beep to uh, uh, go off. So I'll let you go. Um, yeah, rock on guys. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and may God be glorified through it all. Bless you guys. All right. I love his accent. Gosh. I wish I was wish that cool. I could talk with an Australian accent. British is fine too. Either either one. I actually met a guy from Leeds this week, Leeds UK, and uh, I found myself. You mean uh, a real one, not the fake one you used to try to impress your wife? Yes, okay. I, I found myself coveting his accent as well. So have, I'm going to repent real quick while you talk about our Aussie friend. I have a challenge for caretaker man. I want him to help us get so big in Australia that we have to travel there for some speaking engagements. Yes, because here's my thought. Okay, I would like to get big in Australia. Big in Japan? No, well, that'd be fine. But Australia and UK, because I've always wanted to go to London and Australia. I've gotten close to Australia because I went to Hong Kong, but and it's not that far. You know, relatively speaking. Yeah. And and I'm let's call it. If we're we're gonna be big somewhere, Australia over like Paducah, Kentucky. Well, way to alienate all of our Kentucky listeners. Look, if they're if they're in Paducah, they understand what I'm talking about. Wow, I mean, you're doubling same, down. The same thing. Like, I mean, we love the bluegrass state, David. We've got a lot of listeners from there. All right, sorry. I'm just pick saying. a place we don't. Um, Vermont. Oh wait, wait. No, no we have, we have a Vermont, Vermont. listener. Do we have any Kentucky listeners? Shout out to my yeah. wife's home. Well, we did several. We, we did. used to. <laughs> Go Wildcats. I'll, I'll tell you this. All right, so I'm with you there. I totally, totally with you there. So Australia. do you think the Wildcats win an SEC game this year? Uh, basketball or football? <laughs> Go ahead. Chase. The real sport. I'm falling asleep already. <laughs> I, I, it would be my dream for us Sorry. somehow to get a listener from Athenry, Ireland, because that is the coolest place ever. And there's this <laughs> awesome song about well, the to, fields of Athenry. Way to alienate every other listener, uh, Chase, hey, that's not from uh, Athenry, Ireland. Athenry. I'm, I'm totally pumped about uh, UK listeners, Canadian listeners, especially Dan in uh, Australia. That's, that's awesome. I, he what the reason he called in though he was he was witnessing the gospel yes. to some Jehovah's Witnesses. So yes. uh, we want to ask you guys to keep praying for that situation. Pre- keep praying for their hearts to be softened and their ears dampened to, uh, to the know, gospel. I guess the stuff they're they're here the bad stuff they're hearing and open uh, up to the good stuff they're. Hearing. I'm sorry, you said ears dampened. dampened yeah, yes, was... so we don't want their ears dampened to the gospel. We want their ears dampened to the to the <laughs> Thank false you for the teaching. Clarification. That's an important clarification, to, so we don't have to run it next week. You know, in our our errors and such. Just, just to throw it out, um, this is the alternate means of con- uh, communication that was teased early in the show. It's a uh, it's website Chase actually found at speakpipe.com. Um, S P E A K. P-I-P-E.com slash the gospel friends. Um, it's a way to go on their site and leave us voice messages in case um, you are international and the, and the calling our local number on Google Voice would be problematic. Um, and so, again, we'll have those in the show notes, but just um, make note of that if you want to give that a sh- give that a try. Are we if you're are- in Athen Rye, you're going to make my week. Already it's made by hearing from uh, the, the caretaker man in Australia, but it'll make my month to well, hear from you. We are going to spend some t- a little time next week, I think, talking a little bit about some cults. Uh, yeah, baby. And uh, we may play the uh, second part, uh, second part, uh, of, the second part of the voicemail from Caretaker Man uh, as he talks about uh, 
as he talks about uh, Jehovah's Witness. Let's uh, let's let's uh, we're going to end today uh, with some uh, I think some some church signs in celebration of episode X. But before we do that, we actually have a little a question from Tony Staley uh, yeah, off of Twitter. And man, this is a good question. We probably need to take a little bit more time than what we have left for the show. But this will be a good introduction. This is what Tony says. Hey guys, just wanted to ask your take on a subject close to my heart. We treated tweeted back and forth about the Warcraft movie, and I would like to know your opinion on RPGs, that's role-playing games, and MMOs, massively multi, um, uh, multiplayer online games. My wife and I played Warcraft for a few years. We tried not to play while my son was up, but we played a lot after bedtime two to three hours a day. We decided to quit when our second child was on the way. Essentially, what he's asking is uh, he's playing Hearthstone, which is another role-playing game. What is your take on role-playing games and massively multiplayer online games? Now, this is Tony Staley, at Tony Staley on Twitter. Um, and um, I want to plug his Twitter there. But I, I've actually... Have you played these before, Nick? Not Warcraft, but I have played... Um, you know, we, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or just off air, but um, Clash of Clans, that's mm. um, a Me lot you of... talked about that. Yeah, it, that is a, a version of an RPG from what I understand. It may not be the... It's an MMO as well. Okay, it's, it's not a first-person kind of... Um, Warcraft, I mean, you, you are a character and yes. you have all these... You know, uh, Clash of Clans is more of a, a small village, but to me, the kind of trepidation I had when my kids started playing Clash of Clans, and it's gotten worse as they've played more. Um, my daughter's since picked up Minecraft um, that seem, they seem innocent, but then they just suck my kids in on mm-hmm. kind of time and energy and attention, and it's what I have seen people doing with Warcraft, and so it it's not enough that's made me make them stop or anything, um, but it is one of those things that makes me go, oh, okay, now I see... Um, what people were talking about with Warcraft and things like that. Chase, you, you dealt with Warcraft more, but... who back in 2005, 2006, I got to tell you, man, I was so hooked on World of Warcraft. It is an amazing game, and I played hours a day, and, and it got to the point where I was dreaming about it at night. I would have these detailed Warcraft dreams every night, and um, I, I loved it, and... I finally was convicted of it and had to give it up cold turkey. And that wasn't easy. But, you know, First John 5.21 closes John with this exhortation. John writes, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. And again, this is just a surface treatment of the issue. But when gaming becomes idolatry, run, run, run. Is it possible to play those kind of games and it not be idolatry? Probably. But if you know yourself and you know you kind of have an addictive personality and an addictive tendency, then I just say what John says. Keep yourselves from idols. Uh, get accountability. Guard your heart. Talk to your wife. Get outside the house accountability to kind of help you with that. And uh, run from idolatry. And, and I say that as a gamer. I do enjoy games from time to time. Um, you guys okay if I sound like a, uh, a little bit of a fundy for a moment? A little fundamentalist? Well, put the fun in it, but yes, we're okay with that. <laughs> How is that different than the rest of the podcast? Seeing Proverbs. Right, so here we go. Proverbs two talks about <laughs> seeking out wisdom and understanding and discernment, and actually gives us in Proverbs two four talks about seek out um, understanding and and these things wisdom as if you're seeking silver and searching as if for hidden treasures. And then if you add that verse to 
kind of a New Testament understanding of Christ, Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, that says, In Him, in Christ, is hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so I just get this picture that all right, in Christ is all understanding and discernment and wisdom and knowledge. And the Bible says, seek after those things like you do treasure. So if you actually believed somewhere in your neighborhood there was a hidden treasure, you think about giving yourself over to that. Think about the time you would put into it, the energy that you would put into it, the that that would be where your thoughts were constantly going. And I, I just think the Bible points us to seeking Christ in that way. And so what what I would say, and, and this is where I don't want to sound too much like a old school fundamentalist because I don't think entertainment's bad. I don't think television's bad. I watch TV programs. Um, I certainly... TV programs? Oh my gosh. What are you, 80? Okay, I watch Netflix okay, documentaries, which is probably... You're not helping your me, case. Yeah, probably not helping my case any. But <laughs> I watch those things. I, um, you know, we're gonna we're about to get into fantasy football season, and we'll be talking about that on the show. I'm sure I play fantasy football, so there are things that I do and enjoy. But if you were spending an hour, two hours, three hours a day on something like a game, game playing, I would say. You don't have time then to seek wisdom and knowledge and understanding in Christ like hidden treasure because you're spending the time, you know, it's, it's, it's to me, I mean, it's, it's almost like wasted time. That's not time you get back. That's not time to be rewarded for. Mm-hmm. And so I would say be very careful about that. Anything, you could replace it. We talk right. about a role-playing game, but anything, um, whether it's college football coming up and reading articles on it, whatever it may be, uh, dial back the time you're spending on those things. Fall in love. I'll end with this because it's a great Desiring God blog. I can't remember the guy that wrote it. John Bloom may be his name, but I had to look that it up. That is a DG author. Okay. He wrote an article um, called Don't Get Organized, Get Enthralled. And basically in the article, he made the premise that don't spend your time trying to figure out how to organize your life to best suit your time. Just get enthralled with Jesus and everything will fall in place because you'll put that appropriate amount of time to chasing after him. Uh, I think that's where we need to uh, uh, need to put our time and be careful if it's going to other things. Amen. That reminds me of, of another uh, old teacher who said something along the lines of, seek first the kingdom of God. Is that a desire of God, God? Uh, that was Jesus, but uh, nice try. You well, don't think Jesus desired God? Oh, that was the that's uh, what I perfect meant. comeback. That's what I meant. Was a desiring God guy? <laughs> wow, and I it feel was. punchy. Good job, Nick. You do feel punchy. I, right. I, I feel, um, while y'all, you guys were going rev, verb, and catch and country, I started looking um, on the internet, and I may or may not have drifted to a website that talked about college football. Sorry. Ooh, uh, college football. Yay or nay, Chase. Uh, college football <laughs> articles during gospel podcasts. Roll Tide. I mean, what? <laughs> yes. We're going to end today. Episode X, going to end out the door with some more uh, church signs. Well, I hope they're yes, none sir. of the ones you sent us in the email. I sent Chase and Nick some church signs yesterday that I found that could not be broadcast on On podcast. anything, really. Hey, real quick, just a shout-out. But shout they were real Adam church Carolla signs. Show would have a hard time they with They were those. real oh. church signs. They were, I mean, they were... All right, I don't know... Adam. I don't know in your area... I, I know everybody's familiar with church signs. I don't know if you've ever ran across these funny, weird, what-are-you-thinking church signs. We did this on one of the earlier episodes. Yep. But I have some here 
These are the more tame ones that I found, but these are, and, and, and by the way, it's kind of popular right now to do these church sign generators uh, where you actually take a church sign and then type in what you want Just to say. Just whatever you want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But these are these are the legitimate ones. These are not the generator ones. Uh, real quick, um, one of our uh, Hall of Dogma members, the thing that you don't think exists, David. Um, mm. I think Chase forgot about it. Oh, is it Chase? That's forgot? what I was saying. It's yeah. me. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Kristen Brown actually posted the uh, stop, drop, and roll. Doesn't work in hell. That's oh, really? Liberty that's United, United Baptist yeah. Church. Wait, did he just put it on there? Uh, it was about 41 minutes ago, yeah. He was very prescient. We're not live streaming, are we? Not that you know of. Okay. Here we go. From the First Reformed Church of Bethel, keep using my name in vain, I'll make rush hour longer. God. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I felt like that day. <laughs> like that some days. St. Martha's Episcopal Church, we love hurting people. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Th- good, I, good idea, bad yeah, execution. We, we get what you're trying to say. We love people that are I hurting. I that means yeah. what you think it means. But instead, it says, we love hurting people. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, from Normandy Park, welcome to whoever stole my air conditioners. You're going to need them, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I, I'd like to take a brief aside to tell you guys an honest confession. Another one that back in the day, <laughs> I got stole so, some air conditioners. <laughs> I got so incensed with a church sign with crappy theology on it. I just went. I went and changed it myself. Did you really? <laughs> oh yeah, I sure did. So you went at night, stealthy, like yes. ninja, ninja like, stood and changed, up on my car and changed. What their did you sign. change it to? I don't remember. It's been a few years. I wish that radical, that but you're young not radical, gonna, was still here. You're not going to tell us which church, I guess. Oh, well, that would be wrong. Okay. By the way, it's kind of uh, here in, <laughs> this is in Birmingham. At least I don't know. I it guess this with is an O. I guess this is an epidemic everywhere where people try to steal the ACs, get the copper out of them. Oh yeah. So yeah, apparently, this church uh, had had their AC stolen, and um, God was being quoted on the board saying, "You're going to need those ACs." Apparently, nice. where you're going. Hey, by the way, uh, you want to steal I'm the Hall of Dogma Church ways. ACs? That actually might benefit us, wouldn't it? It's fine. Look. They're uh, they're working swell right now as uh, we do this in just our bathing suits. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is why we don't have a video version of the podcast. Yeah, Providence yet. Presbyterian, our church is like fudge, sweet with some nuts. <laughs> that is so corny. <laughs> you didn't like that one. I about, like. I like. If you're worried about corny, it gets worse. <laughs> about speaking of corny, New Madrid Baptist iPod, iPad, try I praying. God is listening. Oh, gosh, <laughs> see. That's not a theological sin, but it is, it's some sort of sin. I'd change can that I, one. Can I, if we're going to corny, can I jump a few ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Sunscreen prevents sunburn. <laughs> okay. Oh, By the way, I actually saw one. Sun, I saw that just down the road. No, you me. did. Yes, I did. Hey, no. It actually said, to prevent burning, apply sunscreen, S-O-N. Where did you, uh, where did you send these to? I sent Your them to email. the email. I bet you sent it to that guy, uh, where, that guy that gets all my emails, because... <laughs> I didn't. Oh, you know what? Yet. I actually just sent it to Nick. I, th- I appreciate that, David. How does we didn't mean awesome. to tell you something about the chase? chase. Yeah, thanks. Well, How does I, that make gonna... you feel, rejection-wise? It makes me feel terrible. Okay, here we go. Um, I got to get back to my place. Sin is a family of ugly relatives. Well, just weird. Mostly little, weird. Little deep. Well, let's let's doesn't disgust me. Here we go with want to be a little bit more straightforward. The Valiant Church of God. This is like something I put on the the Valiant Church of God. That's a real church. Uh, Well, okay, am I saying it right? It's V A L L I E N T. 
Valiant. I've always seen Valiant spelled with one less L, but... Oh, yeah, me too. But still, hey, that's yeah. kind of a cool... I go to a Valiant Church of God. Well, Valiant, go? Valiant Church of God wants you to know if you would shut up, you could hear God's voice. <laughs> See, that, that sounds like exactly the sort of thing <laughs> Valiant Church of God would say, because it's not afraid of you hitting it in the face or nothing. I mean, it's it's bold. Wow. Chase, uh, maybe you could help explain this one being a student of church history. Landmark Baptist Church wants you to know we are Baptist, not Protestant. We dot wow. Letter R we dot, dot R. We dot R dot Baptist. Exclamation point, not Protestant. That is, uh, that is very no, interesting. Actually, it no actually Protestant. No Protestant. <laughs> yes. So, uh, good, good, good grammar actually, there. It does say to, we're Baptist, no Protestant. Uh, essentially, I think what they're doing is they're separating themselves from Reformed people. There is a movement in the Baptist church that uh, is very hostile to Reformed folks. And I'm, you know, I understand differences in theology, but uh, boy, you, you ought to read John 17 every now and then. Just uh, saying. A few more here. Church, church of the Cross in. says, um, don't That's let worries bad. kill you. Let the church help. That's a good one. I mean, you know, good, funny, not good. I think uh, maybe we just need, like, some punctuation there. Oh, I want to read one. Go ahead. First Baptist Church of Middleton. Jesus would so... There's, like, three O's there. That's why I stretch it out. Jesus would so smack you in the head. <laughs> Now, how about that for encouragement, right? Do you think Jesus ever did that? Just walk up behind one of the disciples, disciples just pop them in the back of the head. And be like, I think he <laughs> did, but what is the thought process that goes into put? You know what we need to tell people? We need to tell people that Jesus hates them and wants to hit them in the head. I mean, it's true for some people, but wow, <laughs> wow! Church of the Living Water, be an organ donor, give your heart to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wow. no lie, guys. Um, eight miles from the church here. Oh my goodness! Eight miles from the church here last week. Free trip to heaven, details inside. Yeah, it's just... That's an oldie, but a... That's a little lame. Oldie. No offense. All right, we're going to end... Huh? Up eight miles to the north? Yeah. Ooh, I might know the people at that church. No yeah. offense, people at that church. Uh, it's eight miles to the north and then and then left. Oh, right, off to the left. side. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Lame, lame. It's lame. I, I, I'm okay to say this because I am i don't think they have an internet out there. <laughs> 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 oh, my word. That was a good joke. Hey, we're going to end episode we in X so much trouble. with some words of wisdom from First Pentecostal. And that wasn't it. First Pentecostal Church. Um, don't know where because it's cut off. But um, this is words to live by as we end episode X. Tired of being a loser, turn to God. That is that is, uh, that is solid wisdom it's right there true. that you can't get on any other church show. But because once you turn to God, you'll always be a winner. What does that mean? I'm trying. Like, I'm trying to I mean, I guess that's a, this. Look, I'm a, I'm a total depravity guy, so I'm okay with saying we're all losers. Tired of being a loser. But this, okay. But it's a Pentecostal church, so they're probably not reformed, though. Probably not. That's a good guess. Huh. Jeremiah Martin just um, posted on the Hall of Dogma. Any Ohioans in the Hall? Question mark. Actually, he posted that a while ago, David. You haven't paid attention. Come it on. just came Wake in 29, okay, 29 minutes ago. He posted that. I'm messing with you. Anybody answering him? No, no. Uh, Robert Johnson told him he's due north. I will say of the the, the oddly enough, Ohio is the number three state in terms of re- subscribers to uh, the show. Alabama one, Georgia two, Ohio. Where's Kentucky at on that list? Uh, well, it was uh, it was in the top twenty, but not anymore. I let it that out. <laughs> yeah, no. please do because I do like people in the bluegrass state. Look, I didn't. Our did, friend you there. understand? I just said Paducah. I didn't talk about all of Kentucky. I've actually been to Kentucky, visited Paducah. Keith Whitley's hometown. Okay. 
drove through. Nice area. That's cool. Well, I just uh, want to say uh, I pull for Kentucky every time they play Alabama. Bluegrass State. You scoundrel. Go Wildcats. Wash your mouth out. Big Blue. Yeah. Used to love to watch uh, Kentucky play when old um, Hal Mummy was there and. what was the oh, guy's name the after that? Jared Lorenzen. Jared Lorenzen. Oh, Have you seen the YouTube Dude, video? That's a great video. He's like okay. 500 If you If you know who Jared Lorenzen like is. I need to put man. this in the show notes. Yeah, put it in the it. show oh, notes. Don't. There is a that's YouTube nasty. video of Jared Lorenzen. This was a guy who played quarterback at Kentucky, but he was the size of an offensive lineman when he played quarterback at Kentucky. But he threw for like 10,000 yards a season or something under Hal Mummy and Guy, Guy uh, Morris and their air attack, air raid. But he is still playing, and he is about triple the size he was in college, and it's and it's pretty funny. And he's still pretty good. He's still pretty good. Yeah. Look, he's he can still throw, and he's hard to bring down. Oh yeah, he's they still running pretty well, and nobody yeah. knows what to do with it when Hoss is coming at him. <laughs> That's puzzling. I cannot think of a better way to end a gospel focused podcast. Than talking about Jared Lorenzen and his weight problem, so I guess we'll uh, we'll bid you all adieu. We'll see you next week. We apologize in advance for all of the vast number of people we offended, including citizens <laughs> of Kentucky and slightly overweight quarterbacks. Just and uh, if you're from Paducah, Kentucky, send us some send me a hate tweet, and I will I will apologize. All right, that's good enough. See you next week. Something